All right, good morning. I'm excited to be here with you this morning. I haven't gotten the opportunity, um, other than first service of today, um, to talk in front of a group of people in quite a while. And so I'm excited that I get that opportunity today. I was really excited right up until uh, 9.50 of, <laughs> or no, 9.20. We ended at 9.50, or 9, I don't know when we ended. My name is Dylan, if you don't know who I am, um, since we're a newly merged body, um, and I'm excited to be here with you today. And so today we are finishing up our series on prayer. Um, we're, we've come to the end of our 21 days of prayer, which is almost a little bit weird of a way to phrase it, to say that we're coming to an end of our 21 days of prayer, but I hope that this drives us to another 365 days of prayer, and then another, and another, and that this has been a jump start for you if you've gotten out of the habit of praying regularly. Um, and I don't know how you did. I did all right. I definitely got behind a few days here and there. Um, but I thought it was really helpful, especially um, going through the packet, to have a place to journal um, what I wanted to say to God. And I think that's something that I might try to continue doing, is instead of praying and then thinking back later, I'm like, wait, did I pray about that? I'll have it written what I want to say to God, and I can go back and I can pray those things again. And then in the future, I can even go back again and I can look and say, oh yeah, I prayed that and God answered that. Um, so I hope it, maybe you're inspired to do that same sort of thing. I think it could be really cool, really neat way to see um, God work and what he's done for us. And so the topic of today was supposed to be a celebration of prayer. And I'm worried that I may have missed the mark a little bit on that, but I hope that my struggle with trying to grasp really what prayer is and what it means um, can coincide along with a celebration of prayer. And so when I found out that I was going to be speaking today and I started thinking about prayer, just all these verses that I had either memorized or I knew passages that mentioned prayer started coming to mind and I started thinking about all of them and really just made this big mess of wires in my brain of things with interconnections and wrapping over each other and I tried to put it out on my whiteboard, and it looked just as bad out of my head as it did in, and so I hope I don't do that to you today. Um, but as I was thinking about those things, really the thing that came to mind, the question that came to mind is, does prayer make a difference? And it brought me to this verse in Matthew 6, so if you want to turn there with, us, uh, with me, we're going to be there um, a little bit today, uh, starting in verse 7 in Matthew 6. Th this scripture came to mind as I was thinking about that. Um, and it's Jesus is speaking, and he says, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. And so that, that was partially one of the things that came to my mind as I was asking this question is, okay, God knows what I need, then why do I ask him for it? If God's completely in control and he's over everything, and he's going to do it, if it's his will, then he's going to do it, right? Then why do I pray? And that brought to mind this thought of how often do I actually pray for what I need? Oftentimes I don't. I just kind of take that stuff for granted. And I think, oh yeah, God's going to do that. And obviously he's provided what I need because I'm standing here right now. And I don't pray for that. Often what I end up praying is really what I want. And f there are far more times where I'm praying, God, would you help me to save up the money to buy this guitar? Rather than praying for something that's actually legitimate and could actually further his kingdom better than me having a new guitar would. And so what I struggled with is I know that God is completely sovereign. He's in control of everything. He has complete 
infinite wisdom. He knows everything. And he has perfect love for us. And so it sounds weird to say that I struggled with that. But knowing those things and adding prayer into it, I was kind of battling with that. And uh, this quote from Jerry Bridges came to mind. Jerry Bridges was with the Navigators for a number of years. And he just passed away um, in the past couple of years. And this quote came to my mind from his book, Trusting God. And it says, God's sovereignty does not negate our responsibility to pray, but rather makes it possible for us to pray with confidence. So I'll read that for you again. God's sovereignty does not negate our responsibility to pray, but rather it makes it possible for us to pray with confidence. And so I love this quote, but at the same time, I still battle with it. So I'm like, okay, his sovereignty does not... It allows me to pray with confidence. I get that because he can do anything. So I can pray with confidence. And then, but the part I battled was, I'm like, well, this isn't scripture. This is Jerry Bridges. Maybe Jerry's wrong. And I was like, he calls it a responsibility. I don't really know if it is my responsibility. So I'm going to try to look into scripture and try to uh, do a rebuttal to Jerry Bridges. And I turned exactly back to this passage and started reading at verse 7 and just got through the first phrase. And when you pray, Jesus doesn't say, if you find the time to pray, or if you think it's necessary, or if you think it would help, then pray. He says, when you pray. And we're told all throughout Scripture to pray continually, pray consistently, commanded to pray. And so I was like, okay, yes, prayer is my, one of my responsibilities as a follower of Christ. I should be praying. And so then all these Scriptures started coming to mind where it would say, pray and don't doubt as if you doubt you won't receive anything, or ask whatever you wish in my name and it'll be done. Uh, pray according to my will and it'll be... And so I started going through these verses and thinking, and I was like, well, why, why are we told to pray for things and why are we said that it'll happen if it doesn't always happen? And I came to the, I came to the conclusion and this thought of, well, what if the biggest point of prayer isn't just to ask for things? And I got, to, and I, I told you this is a big rabbit trail and a mess. I got to thinking, what about when our prayers aren't answered? What about when we feel like our prayers aren't doing anything? And my heart was really convicted about, well, what's my motivation to pray? Not just my motivation to actually pray like it's my responsibility, but what's my motivation behind what I'm asking in prayer? Is it for us or is it for God? And so often when I pray, it's a selfish prayer centered on me. And even though I don't necessarily voice it that way, it may be voiced in a really good way as in like, oh God, I pray that you would lead this person to Christ. It can be something that's aligned with his will, which so I should pray boldly for that and I can get an answer for that because it's according to his will. And I pray, God, would you let this person come to know you but in the back of my mind and in my heart, really what I'm thinking is so that people could see that I led them to you, so that people could see how cool I am. Or, Lord, would you give me five people to pour into? Would you give me five people to disciple? Which is according to his will to give me people to pour into, but on the inside, it's so that people can see how much I'm pouring out and how much good I'm doing for your kingdom. And it's got me wrapped up all in it. What we should be praying for is praying for God's glory, for the furthering of his kingdom. Uh, when I was on staff with the Navigators last year, we were doing a study as part of our training that was all about prayer. 
And one of the sections in that study uh, was all about these Old Testament prayers. And it had figures from the Old Testament, um, the prayers that they prayed out to God. And as I read through those, they were, they were for so many different things. Some of them were to win battles, and some of them were just, just for the sake of praying. And in almost all of them, there was this part that said, God, would you do this for your glory? Would you do this so that your name would be made famous in all the earth? Would you do this so that other people would see you, would see this as an example of your power? My prayers so often center around, God, would you make this easy for me? Or would you exalt me? Would you put me in the spotlight and would you make people be impressed and intrigued with who I am? And that's not the point at all. It's, not, it's definitely not wrong to ask for prayer for ourselves or to pray for ourselves, but if we're doing it out of a selfish motivation, then we're completely missing the point. And so if I could say one thing to encourage you this morning, it's that prayer does work. We're told in Scripture that prayer has power. We're told to continually pray. We're told to seek God's wisdom and God's will. And I think most of us probably have at least one story or two where we've seen a prayer get answered in a really amazing way. And one thing that was really hard to, to figure out where I was actually going to land today is that there's not just a section in the Bible about prayer. Prayer is woven through all of Scripture. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. You'd, you'd be hard-pressed to go through any book and find something that doesn't have to do with prayer. And so I think that's, that's a testimony to how big a deal prayer really is to God. And so often it's not a huge deal to me. Um, and so as I was struggling through this week trying to figure out what I was going to say, how I was going to make this a celebration of prayer, I thought back to times that I had celebrated prayer. Um, and one of those times when I first really got serious about prayer was when I was in college. Uh, I was at, up at Maine Maritime, and I got involved with this navigator group called Slice Club, which stands for Students Living in Christ Every Day. And I got involved in that and started going every week and then took on kind of a leadership position there. And then one day I really just got convicted that I really think I need to get serious about my prayer life and I want to see God do some amazing things. And so I'm going to start asking him to do it. And so what I did is I had two sheets of engineering graph paper with two columns down each one full of these prayers that I would pray every night before I went to bed. And I'd pray through it again throughout the day if I had time, even just in chunks. But I made sure every night before I went to bed, I would get down on my knees beside my bed with the prayer list in front of me and bow and pray to God. And I think that that in itself can really have some power, at least to make you recognize that you're doing, because it's not necessarily comfortable. And it's not, it's not as easy. And also, it's hard to fall asleep if your legs are falling asleep underneath you. So that part helps if it's late at night. But so it kind of started to spread throughout our group that I had this prayer list going and that I prayed through it every night. And it had, it had my family on it. It had people from back home, my home church, um, leaders of the navigators that I knew. It had my professors on there because I definitely needed to pray for them. And different people within our group that I was praying for. And then just, if I could think of it, I put it on the list. And so that sort of started to spread, and not for my glory, definitely for God's glory. And I thought about doing it again because I've gotten out of the habit, but it's really hard because you write these two columns out in these two pages or less or more, and you start to cross things off, which is a great thing that God's answering those prayers and stuff. But then 
you run out of room and you have to make a new page, or you, I carried it around in my pocket everywhere I went, and so it would fall apart, and so I'd have to remake it. And I thought about doing it on my phone, but that's kind of too big of a distraction, I think, to have in front of me when I'm praying. But anyway, that's not really related. It started to really spread through our group that I had this list going, and that I prayed through it every night. And one day we were at our Navigator Winter Conference. It would have been about three years ago now. And there was this guy, his name was Eric, who grabbed me and one other guy and asked if he could sit down and talk to us. And Eric was a freshman at this point. Um, he'd come in, and we worked in the IT shop together so we get to know each other. And he started coming to Slice. And he sat down with us at this conference, and he just started pouring his heart out and saying, like, he didn't really know what to do. He wasn't sure what he believed, if, if he really wanted to be a part of all this, because he'd grown up in the church, but he really only got serious about his faith because he started dating this girl whose family was serious about her faith. And then now they were breaking up, and he really wasn't sure if he wanted to continue this thing or if he believed it and how. He was one person. He kind of walked the walk when he was around us, his friends, but then when he went like back home, he was a completely different person. His flesh kind of came back to the surface, and he was just confessing to us and really asking us for help. And I think that night, one of the most humbling things that has ever happened, happened to me. Before we were done talking, he just turned to me and he's like, would you put me on the list that you pray over? And I think it was, it was amazing that, I, as I thought about it this week, and my heart kind of breaks, that I know now a lot of the times when I ask people for prayer, it's more to give them an update of what's going on in my life because I don't necessarily know if it's going to be something that they're going to really pray over. It's just, well, now you know about this. It's kind of a, for a me to sh share news with other people. And then when other people give me prayer requests, sometimes you know I might pray for them. Maybe I do pray for them multiple times. Maybe I only pray for them once. And it broke my heart to think of that, that the way he was asking for prayer, he knew that I was going to continually bring him before the feet of Jesus and pray for him daily, and that he was earnestly asking for that. And it broke my heart that often when we do that, that doesn't always happen. And so I think that's, that's one of the celebrations of prayer, is that we get to be a part of this, that we have the privilege of carrying our friends and our family and even our enemies before the feet of Jesus and asking for help for them. And that's another thing. So many things I saw through this prayer list happen. I saw different people I worked with, I gained favor with them. People like that I worked with in the IT shop who are full-time staff who would never step foot in a church or never crack open a Bible would had favor with me and even like knew who I was and I'd heard them talk behind people's backs about their beliefs before because like, oh, they're so uptight and they're so snooty. But I had gained favor with them even though they knew what I was all about. And I even, I had these verses that I would put up in my dorm room door with Mag, I was that guy, that I would have a paper of a verse image and tape it up on my door of something we'd gone over in Bible study that week or that month. And I remember one day I came back after the weekend and it had been ripped down and my, my magnets had gotten stolen. And one of the guys that I worked with heard about it and a guy who had never stepped foot in a church. I don't know if he's ever cracked open a Bible. I hope he does. But I got, I got to work that next day, and he's like, hey, come down here. And he gave me these like eight really small, powerful magnets that you couldn't pick off the door. You had to slide them to the edge of the door to get them off. And to see him be open and willing for me to 
really as a vehicle to share my faith openly, he was aiding me in that. And so it was really cool to see these people that I was praying for, to God do some sort of work in them. And so that's another piece of prayer that I think we can celebrate together is that prayer is powerful and it does work. But then we go ahead and we can fast forward to the past year or so of my life where my prayer life has definitely waxed and waned and been, been fruitful and been really dry. And so I found myself a lot in the past couple of years when I start praying just trying to butter God up. Maybe if I, if I say enough words or I say the right words, he'll listen to me, which is completely wrong from the verse we started with in Matthew 6, 7, talking about they think that they'll be heard for their many words. Do not be like them. That's not what's going to happen. I can't butter God up enough to get him to say yes to my prayer. And I started thinking about this passage in Romans 8, um, which we can put up on the screen now, that says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And so this passage kept running through my head this summer as I was praying for, for things, different situations that I so wanted to work out, and things that I even thought were God's will, and was just praying for them. But I got to the point where I just had this anxiety that what I was praying was meaningless. And it even crossed my mind potentially, well, what if, what if this isn't God's will? But I would kind of put that out of my mind. But no, I think it has to be. And so I debated on even if I wanted to share this today, but I shared it during first service, so I guess I have to now. Um, because one of the things that I'm, I have a fear of, and I don't know if you call it a core lie or a core truth or what, but is that if people really knew what was going on inside my head, then they wouldn't want anything to do with me. And so this summer and beyond, as I, as I was praying on these things, on all these different situations that I was being put into, I would just, I would start out my prayer oftentimes, and it's stupid, and I hope the Spirit was interceding when I prayed these things, but I would pray, and I, I would just beg God, I'm like, God, would you not even let the Holy Spirit intercede? Because I don't know how far that goes. I don't know if every word I say as it goes out of my mouth is being changed before it reaches his ears, or if God hears it and the Holy Spirit's just there like, no, don't do that, do this other thing. I'm not 100% sure how it works, so in my ignorance, I would just pray and be like, God, would you not even let the Holy Spirit intercede on this prayer? I just want you to hear what I want. I want you to hear what I want to say, and I want you to do what I want you to do. And there's a lot of I and me wrapped up in that prayer. And so I struggled for a long time wondering if my prayers were being heard at all, or if they were being changed, or if God was ignoring them, or if I was being told no, or to wait. And then even, if we go on to Romans 8, verse 27, I didn't really pick this out until this week as I was reading through it again. And this goes on from the continuation of 26 where the Spirit intercedes for us. And it says, And he, searches hearts, he who searches hearts knows what, the mind of the, what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And I'd missed that part the whole time. That the Spirit was interceding on my behalf because of the will of God. And so I was begging for the Spirit not to intercede was really a cry for me to not let God's will be done, but to let my will be done. And as I read that, I was just knocked backwards this week to think that I prayed that for 
weeks asking that. And so as I was struggling through all of this, I woke up one morning um, just really feeling at the end of my rope, feeling like I had nowhere to turn. And so I got up and I did my quiet time that morning. And so at that point, I was going through this little booklet called The Invitation. And one thing that this booklet really did is it changed the way that I started out my quiet time. Because a lot of the time when I was going to do my quiet time, I was just like, okay, I'll just read my chapter of Scripture and I'm good for the day. I got my chapter in. But what this does, it's usually only a verse or two, which is really good at getting you to focus in and meditate on, in on a single verse of what God wants to say to you that day. And what was really helpful to me was at the top of the page, it says stop with an exclamation point. And it prompts you to ask this question. It says, Lord, where is my heart today? And so I got into this, what I think is really healthy before I even started doing my, got into the scripture for my quiet time, I would stop and I would ask God, God, would you show me where my heart is today? Would you show me what my heart is set on aside from you? Would you show me what I'm distracted with? And Lord, would you remove it even just for a moment so that I can focus solely on you and what you want to say? And so this is what I wrote that morning. My heart is more distracted than it's been in a while. Maybe related to my lack of quiet time the past couple of days, which I can tell you right now, it was three days before that. So I've gone three days without quiet time and I'm already spinning out of control. So there's enough to tell me that I need to do it every day. And I went on, but I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm about to crash. And so I took that, what I, what I felt God was revealing to me right then, and I started praying about it. And I just pray, I usually prayed over what was on my heart to try to get it out there and leave it at God's feet so that I could not be distracted by it. And so I was literally sitting there, sitting in bed, calling and crying out to God, and I don't like admitting this in front of people, but I say I was crying out to God because I was literally in tears as I was calling out to him and asking him, Lord, I don't know what you want me to do. I don't know what's next. I have no clue where to go. And I was sitting in bed at the base, in the basement of the Willettes, hoping they weren't upstairs listening to me uh, sob. And uh, as I got through this in tears, calling out to God, the passage for that day was Matthew 4.19. And so if you're still in Matthew 6, you can just turn back a page and look at it. And so after I prayed these things, I turned to the scripture, asking God, what do you want me to do? Just show me, just tell me. Matthew 4.19 says, and he said to them, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And at that time, I was reading it out loud and I didn't even get through the whole thing because I just started weeping because God had heard me and God had answered my prayer. What I felt, I felt like he audibly answered me and told me, I just want you to follow me. I want to make you a person who makes disciples. I want to make you a fisher of men. All I want is for you to follow me. And that, that phrase, follow me, has been huge to me in the past couple of years. It just seems like everywhere I turn, that keeps popping up, either through Scripture or Camp 207. That was the theme verse. That, that was the theme of Camp 207 last year, which this was about two days before Camp 207. So it just all felt like everything was coming to a head. God, in his perfect timing, gave me what I needed. And I just want to encourage you this morning that our God is listening. As Travis has said it multiple times, our God is listening. He's listening, waiting for our prayers. They reach his ears. 
And so as I was thinking about that this past week, I, started, I went back to the question, okay, then what is my motivation to pray? And at the point where maybe the biggest point of me praying isn't to ask for things. But maybe one of the biggest parts is aligning my heart with God's. Which one of the verses in John 15 that I sort of briefly mentioned where it says, ask whatever you wish and it will be done. Right before Jesus says that, he says this phrase, abide in me and let my words abide in you. And so all these verses about ask whatever you want and it will be done, ask and don't doubt and you'll get it. And these verses that say, ask according to God's will, and we can have confidence that it will be done. Those aren't contradicting each other. They're meshed right together. That as we become more like Jesus and as we're seeking God's will, we're going to be praying for the things that he does will. We're going to be praying things according to his will. And so sometimes maybe instead of asking for things, I just need to start praying, Lord, would you show me your will? Would you, would you help me submit to what you want to do? And it can be really hard because sometimes it's hard to figure out what God's will is. And sometimes it's hard because we pray something that we think is a perfectly reasonable prayer and God still says no. But what I want to encourage us with this morning is that even Jesus prayed a prayer that was answered with a no. The night before he was going to the cross, he was praying in the garden and he asked Father, if there's any way, if there's any other way for this to be done, then let this cup pass from me. But he finished it with, not my will, but your will be done. And so Jesus got a no on his request for that cup to be passed from him, but he submitted to what God's will was. And that situation right there, the cross, is proof that when we're going through hard situations and hard circumstances, sometimes the only thing we want is for those to be changed, and we beg and plead with God for those, that to happen. But the cross is proof that God doesn't always change the circumstances that we're going through. He didn't change the circumstances for Jesus. But the cross is proof that God has a purpose for the circumstances that we're going through, that his plan is still good. Even if it's hard for us, we just have to endure and trust um, the week before we came together to merge as Summit, uh, Pastor Travis finished up his series on being different. And one of the things that he introduced us to was the song Different by Micah Tyler. And he kind of read the transcript that goes before the music video online. And it's Micah Tyler talking about how um, he's, he was struggling with all, all these things, a hurricane flooding his hometown. Um, I think his grandmother and his brother uh, being sick, having cancer, and him just praying, God, would you just change these things? Would you change these circumstances? And he said, but God has chosen not to answer that prayer just yet. And so he said he changed his way of thinking and said, instead of praying for God to change the circumstances, I started asking, God, would you change me and would you make me different so that I can handle the things that you want to lead me through? And so one of the, one of the things that I the points that I came to in thinking this week was prayer reminds us that we're not in control. Maybe prayer isn't always just asking for things. Prayer can be pouring out our hearts before God, which in Philippians, Paul talks about make your request be made known to God and the peace that surpasses understanding will guard your hearts in Christ Jesus. 
And then Peter in 1 Peter talks about that we can cast our anxieties on him for he cares for us. So I think a lot of the times prayer might just need to be pouring out our hearts, our anxieties, our desires over to God. And I don't want to discourage us from praying boldly because I think we should, and we should be praying those God-sized prayers that Travis has talked about over the past few weeks. But sometimes I think our prayer just needs to be a prayer of submission and submitting to your will, and Lord, would you help me to submit to your will? And I think that's one thing, another thing that we can celebrate is that prayer brings us peace. And it takes the focus off of us and it puts the focus back on God where it should have been all along. And as I continued to think, I thought about persistence in prayer. Okay, why do we persistently pray? And I don't, it's not for the, in the sense of being heard because that we say many words. We read about that in Matthew 6, that it's not because of our many words that God will hear us. And it's not talking enough or fancy enough to butter God up and get him to say yes. But I think it's to continually hand over our desires and our anxieties to God. Because like, we have a tendency to even if we pray something and leave it at God's feet, we have a tendency to go back a little bit later and say, okay, God, I'm just going to take this a little bit further and then I'm going to, you have first bad at it after that. You can have it all. And so we need to continually remember to surrender and give our desires and our anxieties over to God so that he can give us peace. And as I was thinking about that, I thought about what I had been praying about this summer and really what had honestly become an idol in my heart, especially where I was praying for my will rather than God's. And I asked the question to myself, why would God answer a prayer for something that's going to take his place on the throne of my heart? I don't know that he'll ever answer a prayer like that, but I'm sure that he'll answer a prayer for us to be, draw closer to him. He'll answer a prayer for us to bring him glory and to make his name famous. And so if prayer hasn't become more clear to you over these past 21 days, or let alone that maybe throughout your entire life, I want to encourage you not to stop. Don't stop trying to figure prayer out. Don't stop spending time with God in prayer. Spend more time. Ask God for wisdom around prayer. Spend time with others discussing it. Find out what you think and what someone else thinks and find out what things you both think are wrong and then find out what the scripture says. Dig through the scriptures together. And as we pray, I want us to align our hearts with God's will. We need to be seeking his will and praying for his glory in our prayers. And then I want us to pray boldly and not doubt when we ask for the things of his will. We need to trust that he can do it, that he has the power to do it, that he has the wisdom to know when to do it, and that he loves us, and we're going to remain in his plan. But through all of that, I also don't want us to focus on the prayer. So I think sometimes we can make an idol, or we can make prayer the center of our worship in the sense that we want to pray perfectly. We want to have the exact right words to say. And if we, I think, we think if we do that, that God will say yes. If we pray good enough, but I don't want us to focus on the prayer. I want us to focus on who we're praying to. Because prayer is a conversation. It's consistent communion with God. And it's us talking to him and him talking to us. And if we're talking to someone, at least someone that we care about and have a deep relationship with, when we talk to them, we don't focus on the words. But sometimes we do when we're trying to manipulate someone and get something out of them. 
which I think is sometimes how we can treat God in prayer. But if we're talking to someone we really care about and someone we really love, we don't focus on the words that are coming out of our mouth. We focus on the other person. And we focus on the fact that we get to spend time with them and talk to them. And I want us to focus on God that way as we pray to him. And so I think the final point through all of that, of the celebration of prayer, I think truly our celebration of prayer should really come from the fact and the realization from us that the God of the universe wants to hear from us, that he wants to have a conversation with us, and he wants to give us a part in this. That's one of the reasons that Jesus died on the cross. As he was dying on the cross, as he died, the veil of the temple tore down the middle, symbolizing that we now have complete access to go to God anytime we want. In the Old Testament, you'd ha- you had to go to a priest and get them to go to God on your behalf. But the sacrifice of Jesus opened it up so that we could go to God on our own. And we could go anytime we wanted. And that's such a privilege. And so as the worship team comes up, I just want to encourage us to celebrate prayer today. I want us to remember that prayer is powerful and it works. I want us to trust that prayer will bring us peace, that as we pray to God and leave our anxieties and our desires at his feet, we can trust that he is in control and we don't have to worry. And I want us to celebrate the fact that because of the sacrifice of Jesus, we now have direct access to God. And not only do we have direct access, he wants us to take advantage of it and he wants to speak to us and he wants us to speak to him. So as we celebrate this morning, would you pray with me? Father God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for Jesus. Because of his sacrifice, we now have direct access to you. And Lord, thank you for your spirit who leads us and who intercedes for us according to your will. Lord, I just pray that we would be open and we would be seeking what your will truly is above our own. Lord, that you would align our hearts with your own. That you would help us to pray boldly and trust that you are completely in control you have all wisdom, and Lord, that you love us and you want what's best for us. Lord, we don't always know what's best, so we pray for your grace when we pray for things that are in our own hearts, and Lord, that you would help to remind us what your plan for us is. Lord, if you go from this place, would you help us to boldly proclaim your name, to celebrate the fact that we can pray to you, and Lord, would our, would our main purpose and our focus be to glorify you. Because Lord, we know that you want to do, you want to do things through us. You want to spread your kingdom and Lord, you're not done yet. So Lord, would you give us confidence and would you help us submit to your will? We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.